This week we're off to Africa. I love our African jaunts on in my mug, especially when it's Burundi. My name is Steve Layton, and I travel the world finding amazing and delicious coffee for you to drink at home. Some make coffee difficult to understand and complicated, but here it's my job to make it easy and fun and tell you what's in my mug. So I love the name of this washing station, first of all. You, you can't call it by just by saying it, you have to go, Kabingo! Um, so the Kabingo washing station is in the commune of Kanazi, Kayan, oh, I'm going to do it, Kayanza, in northern Burundi. The station is based at 1895 metres above sea level. All of the neighbouring farms that supply the station are between 1700 and 1900 metres above sea level, which kind of is a bit weird, because if you think about it, they're taking all of their cherries uphill to then bring them down. And that's quite unusual for a washing station. They're normally based a little bit lower. Um, Kabingo has got uh, 3,553 registered growers spread across 18 colonies in the hills of the area. In 2016, all of these together produced... Oh, going to do this, 1,010,062 coffee trees. That's an average of 284 producer. That is garden growing. That is little plants. 284 is not a lot of coffee for a coffee farmer to have. Uh, in Kayanza, um, the producers are registered with a station uh, and are organised into different groups of 30 people. Each group has a farm leader that acts as like a spokesman to help communicate and organise with the station. Because when you've got so many people, you really need like a hierarchy. Um, in Burundi, wet mills can reach farmers in a range of around about three kilometres. So they really don't travel any more than three kilometres. Um, you don't want them being too far, too far away. Um, producers will often sell to middlemen uh, and often at a disadvantage uh, for immediate cash. So Kabingo can't pay out until they get the money come in. Um, so there'll be a mixture of some delivered to these, they call them coyotes, um, or some of them delivered to Kabingo uh, or other washing stations that they may have relationships with. Um, which means that by having these uh, extra, they've introduced these extra stations, which means uh, they can deliver to there and then deliver to Kabingo, which means they can reach up to nine kilometres away. Um, th this means it's a huge benefit to the producer who doesn't have to travel so far with a heavy load. So they get delivered to a delivery station, then get delivered to Kabingo, uh, which is much better. Um, shorter distance, less travel time, uh, but also helps preserve the quality of the coffee too, because if you're dragging coffee for many kilometres, you really don't want, um, you know, it's not going to help those coffee cherries in that heat. You want to get them to the station and get them processed as soon as possible. Um, but that's not all at the washing stations. Uh, stations. Farmers can also obtain organic fertiliser organic fertiliser um, that's been um, done from the pulp. So they use a worm type system um, to break down the pulp and then they have fertiliser that they can put on the plants. Um, and also to promote, promote regeneration and renovation. Producers can get low cost uh, seedlings from the washing station as well so really just at a cost price so nobody's making any extra money from them and that's from their own nursery that they have at Kabingo. Okay so we're going to do snozzer in the bowl um, and first of all why do we do snozzer in the bowl? Well smelling coffee is really important it's really important in cupping because it gives you an opportunity to find defect to see what's going to come give you a little teaser but also coffee smells delicious like why wouldn't you want to smell coffee um so uh, get my nose in 
I mean, it's super floral, first of all, um, which surprises me. It's not what you kind of expect from a Burundi. Um, it has uh, brown sugar, kind of like real kind of like sweet sugary smell to it. And yeah, it's like almost like a cacao, kind of cacao nib smell to it. One thing I do want to show you is, um, I'm going to see whether my cameraman over there can get this. Look how diddy the beans are. They're so small. They're so small. So yeah, I just wanted to show you that anyway. Um, but yeah, an interesting coffee. I can't wait to taste it. But before we do, let's go see how Farmer Steve's doing with his pooly plants. My poor dying plants. They don't like the cold of Stafford. But my ones at home are growing lovely, but these are not doing so well at the moment. We may not be able to use them as a prop anymore for talking about Farmer Steve. Um, but Farmer Steve this week is going to talk about coffee production in Burundi, where it's been a little bit of a roller coaster with wild ups and downs. Uh, during the country's time being a Belgian colony, um, coffee was a cash crop which was exported mainly back to Europe to feed the demand of uh, other European colonies. Um, under Belgian rule, uh, Burundian farmers were forced to grow a certain number of coffee trees, uh, each receiving, of course, very, very little money or recognition for the work that they were doing. Once the country gained its independence in 1960, the coffee sector, as well as many others, were privatised, stripping control from the government, except when necessary for research or price uh, stabilisation or to intervene in problems. Um, but coffee farming left a bad taste um, and fell out of favour purely because of those colonial times. The quality declined, the coffee plants were torn up or even worse were just abandoned. And then during the 1990s there was a civil war uh, and nearly, well, totally devastated the entire country's economy. Um, but coffee slowly emerged as a possible means of um, recovering um, and a way of bringing in foreign money. Uh, the first decade of the 2000s, uh, they were very much inspired by what happened in their neighbours, Rwanda, uh, where they had huge success from USAID putting lots of money in. Um, and Burundi's coffee industry saw an increase in investment from external, not necessarily government, um, uh, more private uh, money uh, put in. Um, and uh, the facilities created more opportunity and stability uh, that's helped Burundi establish itself as an emerging African coffee growing country, despite its size and its terrible history. Um, like Rwanda, Burundi battles the infamous potato defect, um, a microorganism that contributes. It's like a raw potato flavour. Um, and if you get any of this and you're in my mugs, um, like it will be one bean, uh, but by all means, you can send the bag back and we'll send you a new one out. It can't be detected in the parchment or the green uh, or in the roasted coffee. Um, no one knows why it happens, but there's a whole heap of research going on um, as we speak to try and find that out, which is fantastic because um, you very rarely see a Burundi or a Rwandan in a barista competition, for instance, because it's a little bit like going to the casino and rolling the dice and hoping you don't get that potato. I better get back to making these plants a bit more healthy. Feel so sad for those plants. They look so ill and poorly. Um, well, let's talk about coffee. Let's get into this one. So I'm Bruna Chemex. So just I'm in a bit of a Chemex mood at the minute. It's my chosen brew method. And being the king of Chemex means in my kingdom, what I say goes. Um, but let's dive in. So 
straight away you get a lot of lime, um, but not fresh lime. It's almost like kind of lime cordial. Um, and not your typical sweetness lime cordial. I kind of thinking like a little bit of brown sugar. Um, and very floral, um, kind of like jasmine-y. Um, but as it goes on and as the taste kind of develops and it lingers on the palate a little bit, you get like dark chocolate and a black currant. It's a really, really complex coffee. And that's the thing with African coffees. They tend to be just so complex um, compared to the, you know, the sweetness and chocolatiness of a Brazil. This is a great, great example of a co-op uh, doing a really, really good job. Thank you for joining me. Um, and do remember, life is too short for bad coffee. Thank you.